The story has become legendary, but it was actually true, or at least based on a true story. It was 1914, and World War I was still in its early months. But the soldiers began to realize that the war wasn't going to end anytime soon, that it would drag on for years as it did. Often, the soldiers were in their trenches a couple hundred feet apart, sometimes less. And during the fighting, the bullets would whiz back and forth. The noise would be overwhelming. But in the quiet, they would hear the voices of the other soldiers, speaking languages that they did not understand but they would, they would hear them. Food that was cooked on one side, the smell would waft across to the other side. Along the trenches early in World War I, truces were often informally called uh, to collect the dead because both sides were exhausted because of just the shared misery of their situation. On Christmas Eve 1914, uh, during the quiet, the Germans began to sing a Christmas carol. And when they finished, the British began to sing a Christmas carol. And it went back and forth. Until the Germans began to sing, Oh, come all ye faithful. And at that point, both sides joined in in their own language and began to sing together. Pope Benedict XV had recommended a truce for Christmas Day that year. The, the leaders of the war had rejected his idea. But at this particular place, along the trench, the men took things into their own hands. What happened after that is debated. But what is agreed upon is that someone on one side or the other came out of the trench with arms high. Some people say that the Germans came out of their trenches saying Merry Christmas in English. Other people say they carried signs that said, we no shoot, you no shoot. In the middle of no man's land, two sides came together. Two enemies looked in each other's eyes and saw people. They saw humans. I know that we have some ex-military with us and current military, and it's probably not a good war theory what happened on Christmas of 1914, but it's, it's pretty good human theory. That on this day, of all days, we would see people who have lost, people who have hopes and dreams and desires and destinies, just people. We live in a world where lines are continually drawn. People continually face off against one another. 
There is continual disagreement and argument. So much so that we can't even disagree anymore. We have to destroy one another in the process. Maybe not with weapons, but with our words. But this is the season of peace. This is the season like no other throughout the whole year when we look at those across from us and we see people made in the image of God, loved by God. And because we have been loved, we can love others, those that we agree with and those that we disagree with. Those that we find easy to love and those that we find impossible to love. Over a hundred years ago, young men called a truce. They stepped into no man's land. And they said, we're not, we're not going to fight for this day. It didn't last. The war began again and bullets began to fly again, but here we are again at Christmas Eve. A chance to walk into someone's no man's land and call a truce. To call for peace. When Jesus sent his disciples out in Luke chapter 10, one of the instructions he gave them was this. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, people have taken to calling that the person of peace, a person of peace. When you find a person of peace, a son or daughter of peace, if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Jesus said, look, there are people in the world who promote peace. I, wherever you are, there's probably somebody, not everybody because not everybody takes this approach, but there is somebody who's a person of peace. And Jesus said, they're pretty easy to identify. In a world of conflict and anger and sides and pointing fingers, Jesus said the people of peace are really easy to identify. They're the ones that bring compassion to the table. They're the ones that bring forgiveness to the table, love to the table, grace to the table. You can find them. They step, they step into hostile situations and they bring peace. You probably have some of them in your life. You probably have some people who, at the worst of moments, they just have a way of stepping into your life and calling a truce. Say, now let's remember What's most important. This season does that for us. It reminds us that peace is what's most important. The shepherds declared it. Uh, the angels declared it. When they came to the shepherds, they announced glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace came at Christmas. We should not only look for people of peace. We should be people of peace. Like when people see us, they should be able to identify, like Jesus told his disciples, that's, that's a person of peace right there. That's a person who calls a truce and brings hope and brings love.
Because that's what Jesus did. He left heaven and came into our war, came into our battle with sin and ourselves and disappointment and frustration. And He didn't just come with His arms up. He came with baby arms and baby hands. Have you seen an infant's arms lately? I mean, have you watched an infant? Like, they can't even control their arms, right? They will just randomly do this. <laughs> the first time they're trying to get their, their hands to their mouth, it's usually something like this. Right? Like, they don't, they don't have control over it. Jesus comes into the world not, not bearing arms in the way we think of it. Not hostile, not angry. He comes innocent and vulnerable and full of hope and full of peace. And he steps into your world and he steps into my world. He says, I've come to call a truce. I've come to give you peace. Not one night a year, not one day a year. Forever. The question is not, did Jesus step into the world? The question today is, is, have you allowed him to step into your world? You see, Jesus came the first time uninvited. No one asked him to come. No one invited. We needed him to come. He knew we needed him to come. He just came. He stepped out into the middle of all the hostility to bring peace. But when Jesus steps into your world, He does so when you invite Him. When you ask Him to come in and stay and be a part of your life. And if you haven't, Christmas is the perfect time to do that. Jesus, bring your peace to my life. God, thank You that in the war of our lives, in the the hostility of relationships, just the hostility of our own souls... God, as as we're trying to make sense of life, as we're trying to get from one day to the next, that 2,000 years ago, a Savior came, not, not with tanks and armor, but in the body of a little baby to declare peace to declare a truce, to offer forgiveness, to give love and hope. Not just one night, not just one day, forever and ever and ever that He declared there will be peace on earth. Amen. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Christmas takes us back. It it draws our mind back to Bethlehem, to a stable, to a manger, to shepherds and a young couple having their first child, to wise men, to a star and to angels. The direction of most of our thought at Christmas is back. Not, not just the, the original story, but even our celebration. We, we sing songs that we've sung year after year after year. We go back. We hang decorations that we've hung for years and years and years. We carry out traditions that we've been carrying out for years and years and years. Tomorrow, you will probably eat a meal very similar to the one you ate last year and the year before and and the year before. Anybody having tacos tomorrow? (laughs) Tamales, maybe. Nobody's eating tacos tomorrow. We go back. And then there is a, a grounding to going back. There is a foundation to going back and, re- and remembering, and, and certainly people change, and our, our circle changes, and there are empty chairs, but we go back, and we sense the familiar. But the first Christmas wasn't about going back. It was about going forward. It was about what was starting, not what had finished. It was about God doing something new. Religion had, had lost its, its passion. Its, it, was no, it was no longer a way for people to adore God and to be in relationship with Him and to sense God at work in their life. It, it, it had become this list of rules to do just enough so that you feel like God's okay with you become very much this ritualistic observance. And God at Christmas said, something new's got to take the place, got to take the place of this. This can't continue. This is not what I intended. We're going to start something new at Christmas. About a thousand years before the first Christmas, the prophet Isaiah recorded these words from God. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I'm doing a new thing. 27, 2800 years ago, place. Um, they were captives in Babylon. They've been taken away from their homes. Their homes have been destroyed. The city they grew up in had been destroyed. And God said to them, this is not it. This, it's not over here. This is not the way it's always going to be. I'm about to do something new for you and in you. And if you had been an Israelite at the time, if you had been a captive in Babylon, probably your whole heart's desire would be to go back. Can we just go back to the way it was? Like, can we just get back? And then we're going to go back home, but God didn't want them to just go back. God wanted something new to start in their lives. 
And on the one hand, God was talking about that specific time in the history of Israel, but God was also foreshadowing Christmas, that He was going to do something new, that He was going to reveal something greater, that He was going to start something brand new at Christmas, and it was going to change everything. He didn't, he didn't bring the shepherds to the stable just so they would observe something nice and go about their way. He wanted to start something new in their life. And whether we realize it or not, every Christmas is about God starting something new. I know, we go back, right? We watch old movies. It's a wonderful life. A Christmas story. Charlie Brown Christmas. We go back at Christmas. But Christmas is not about going back. It's about what's ahead for those who are in Christ and those who know Christ. It was God's way of saying, we're going to eat tacos, right? It's going to be new. It's going to be fresh. And it's going to start with you and in your life. We'll go tomorrow and we'll do all the same things. And then you know what's going to happen. We're going to throw away all the wrapping paper, right? We're going to figure out which boxes we keep and which boxes we trash. And can we use that Christmas bag one more year next year and just put it back in the basement? And decorations are going to get packed up and they're going to be put back in the basement. We're going to start counting down how many more days we have until we have to go back to work. And we're going to promise ourselves we're going to stop eating the way we've been eating We're going to go back and then it's going to stop and we're going to pack it away. That's not Christmas. Christmas is God starting something new that never ends. God has something new for you this Christmas. God has something new for you in the year that is to come. He wants to start something new. He doesn't want you to just go back. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. God has given us His Son. Think about the first Christmas. God came in the flesh. He became fully God and fully human. That had never happened before. For the first time, physically, God breathed in the air of the universe that He spoke into existence. He did something new. His feet touched the planet. That he made. His hands touched humans. That he created. Behold I'm doing a new thing. And that new thing continues right now. Pray in all of your celebrating. And all of your traditions. And all of your nostalgia. Which are all wonderful things. That you would know. That Christmas is about the new thing. That God's doing in you. Because he has something new for you this year. A new way to know him. A a new way to experience him. a, A new way to understand him better. To walk more closely with him. Don't miss the new. Eat tacos tomorrow. Let it be new. We're going to light a candle in just a minute. And may that candle remind you that this Christmas... God is bringing to light new hope and new joy and new purpose and new love in your life from his heart because that's what Christmas is about. Behold, God will do something new at Christmas. God, thank you.
That this story is not just about going back. Sometimes we leave it there. Sometimes we leave it in the past. That it's just about remembering traditions and doing things the same way and eating the same food. But remind us that you did something new at Christmas when you came to earth to be our Savior. And you want to do something new this Christmas. And every heart, every soul, every life that's represented here God, you want to birth a greater love for our Creator in us. You want to give us new meaning and purpose and hope and joy and peace. Do something new in us this Christmas. I pray it in Jesus' name.